Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Scott George. Uh, welcome to uh, our weekly uh, online uh, worship service. We're glad uh, you're with us. We're going to have a great, uh, great day today. We've got a great, uh, great time of worship planned and a wonderful time in the Word. So I want to uh, encourage you to uh, get your family together, get your Bible out, and get ready to uh, worship with us. It's going to be a great day. In a few minutes, we're going to go right into worship, and then I'll be back in a few minutes. And I've got a great message for you on the power of worship. We are focusing uh, this week, as we have all year, on the power of the hymns, hymns for hope, heap, and help, and, and healing. And today we are dealing with worship. We're going to talk about the power of worship. So uh, stay tuned. It's really going to be good. I'll see you in a few minutes. Bye-bye. Our church is singing out, come let us worship. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what a Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer in the grave. Freed every captive, break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, waking alive. Jesus, our Savior, name lifted I, oh God. You have done great things. See, you've been faithful. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You have done great things. You have done great things, oh, oh, you of heaven, conquered and grave, you freed every captive, break every chain, oh God, you have done great things, we dance in your freedom, waking alive, oh Jesus, our Savior, name lifted I, oh God, you have done great things. I'll sing hallelujah. In hallelujah, God. Above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. And hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, 
turn bones into armies You turn seas into highways You're the only one who can Cause you're the only one who can Oh, there's nothing better than you There's nothing better than you There's nothing Nothing is better than you As we continue in our uh, time of worship, I just want to take uh, just a few moments out to thank you for your uh, generosity and your kindness and your uh, giving. As you can imagine, this has been a very uh, traumatic time around the world and in our country, and I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. You know, uh, giving is worship. In fact, uh, in just a few months, we're going to celebrate uh, the beautiful season of Christmas. And I'm reminded that when the wise men came to visit Jesus in the manger, uh, they came as worship. And part of their worship was to bring gifts of frankincense, uh, myrrh, and gold. And uh, it's a beautiful sign and symbol when we give. It is a beautiful act of worship. Uh, it's not paying a bill. It is giving, it is sacrifice, and it's honorable to God. So I want to thank you uh, so much for your giving. Uh, thank you so much for your generosity. We appreciate it, and the kingdom and the work of Pinecastle continues to, to happen uh, because of your kindness and your generosity. God bless you, and thank you.
Well, welcome back, everybody. And um, if you have a, a moment, go ahead and get your Bible out. We're going to talk about uh, worship for uh, the next few minutes. We've been dealing with a year-long series called uh, Hymns, Hymns for Help, Hope, and Healing. And today we're looking at the beautiful hymn, Oh, Worship the King. And it was written by Robert Grant. Robert was a British statesman who was stationed in India. And uh, he was an accomplished Scottish Anglican uh, clergyman and uh, a very gifted author and writer. And he wrote uh, in the 1800s, 1833, a beautiful hymn, Oh, Worship uh, the King. Uh, we're going we're gonna to look today, uh, the next few moments, about the power of worship. And hopefully you have your Bible and you can, you can follow along. And we're going to look at um, uh, the impact that worship has uh, on our lives. You know, you can get into a rut and you can show up every Sunday and you can sing a few songs and uh, you can get lured into um, just singing songs and going through the motions. But uh, I want us to understand, uh, thanks to Robert Grant, uh, the beautiful gift of worship and, and, and the meaning that it has in our lives. And so whether we're worshiping on, online or in person or personally, it's a powerful force that, that really, really has tremendous benefits. And we're going to look at that uh, today. You know, as a, as a kid, I was, um, I was told uh, to never talk with your mouth full, and especially when you're eating. Uh, thank God my mom and dad trained me, trained me right, and I had the chance to, to do that with my kids. And most of the time uh, I obeyed, and most of the time they obeyed. And it is a good principle not to talk with your mouth full. But today I want to talk about worshiping with your mouth full. Uh, when we follow in the legacy of Robert Grant, when he writes, Oh, Worship the King, um, he wants us, and uh, the Bible uh, challenges us and exhorts us to worship with a mouth full. So it's not full of food, but it is full of, hopefully, gratitude, thanksgiving, appreciation, praise. And so we're going to talk today about how to worship uh, with a mouthful. And I'm going to give you a couple of benefits of what takes place when you and I worship uh, with a mouthful. Um, I'm reminded uh, of a story in Second Chronicles. Uh, and go ahead and go there uh, just for a few moments. We're going to just do a little Bible study here. Go to Second Chronicles uh, chapter 20, and we're looking at the story of Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat was a, was a, a king, and um, he got an email early one morning that uh, he and the, and the entire army, they were surrounded by the enemy. And it was not the way to start the day. It was not the greatest way to kick off the morning. It was alarming. It was fearful. It was scary. They were absolutely overwhelmed, and they were just in a few short minutes and, and hours of being bombarded from every side. Um, you know, life has a way of knocking us down every once in a while. In fact, many of you know uh, my brand new book that just just came out on uh, the story of our family and what we've been through the past couple uh, past couple of months and year. It's called blindsided. You know, when life has a way of blindsiding blindsiding people, and you don't really get a notice of when you're going to get blindsided. That's that's the uh, the negative impact. Uh, it comes out of nowhere. Uh, you don't get a warning. It's not like you wake up in the morning and you get a little text message that says, you know, later on today you're going to have a heart attack. 
Uh, you don't get an email warning telling you that your wife is going to divorce you and leave you. You don't get a, you don't get a phone call that says your son is going to be in a tragic accident. It comes out of nowhere and you get blindsided. And, and, and Jehoshaphat was blindsided and the people were blindsided and they were freaking out. They were very scared. They were very, very fe fearful. And I love in Second Chronicles it says several things. It says verse three, and, and after hearing the news of, of, of the enemy, the Moabites and the Amorites and the Menunites, they were they were surrounding Jehoshaphat and his people. And it says alarmed, verse three, Jehoshaphat to uh, re resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judea. You see, Jehoshaphat. By the way, his name means God is my judge. He was alarmed and he called fast. He called a time of prayer. He called a time of, of seeking God's face. And uh, God came up with a game plan for him. And uh, it may not be the game plan that he had in mind, but it was God's game plan. And this was the game plan. God said simply, I want you to get your people and I want you to begin singing. And I want you to begin to worship. I want you to put your spears down. I want you to put your swords down. I want you to put your cannons down. I want you to pull your, your ammunition down. And I want you to simply use your voice as a weapon. Now, I don't know about you, but if I would have got that message, that would have alarmed me even more. But I've learned over the years that uh, God has a beautiful way of coming up with plans that don't ma match our plans in ways that don't match our ways. And instead of fighting in the natural, God said, I want you to fight in a supernatural and I want you to use your voice. I want you to use your hands. I want you to use your heart. I want you to sing. I want you to worship and see what happens. And so the Bible says that um, uh, God commands him in verse 17. He says, you and I have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Well, that's powerful. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't be fearful. Just begin to worship. Begin to sing. And this is the song that God gave him to sing. And it's real simple. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. That's not a, a, a militant type song. That's not, a, that's not a song that would really motivate, you know, the people. But worship is not about motivating the people. The worship is about glorifying and magnifying God. And that simple phrase, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And the next morning they went out and started singing that. And God created a miracle for them. And great things happened. And they were victorious because they tapped into the power of worship. So let's worship with a mouthful. Let me give you, I'm going to give you seven principles real quick here about how you and I can worship with a mouthful and what takes place when you and I worship and live a life of worship. And not just sing a song on Sunday morning, but actually live a life of worship. Number one, when you worship with a mouthful, your worship focuses on God's attributes and it takes the focus off of you. I like that. When you worship with a mouthful, the focus is off of you and it's on God. And that is why we worship. Go to Psalm 35. I want to read this to you real quick. Psalm 35, just as a reminder, the focus is not us. It's not about us. 
It's about God. And when we worship, the focus is off of us and it's on God where it should be. Psalm 35 verse 28 says, My tongue will speak of your righteousness and of your praises all day long. You see, when Jehoshaphat and his people started to worship, they took their eyes off of their problem. They took their eyes off the enemy and they started to look up. And they started to look to God and they kind of lifted their head and lifted their eyes and they looked up and their focus came off of them and it was fixed on God. You see, there's people watching here today. Uh, your, your attention is on your problem. Your attention is on that circumstance. That Your attention is on uh, what has blindsided you and, and, and caused you to be alarmed. And I would just tell you, if I were you, I would just take a few minutes out and make a decision that you're not going to look at, you're not going to think at, you're not going to think about, you're not going to focus on anything other than, God, I want to worship you. Give me just a few minutes where I can take the focus off of myself and put it on God. And when you do that, good things happen. When you worship with a mouthful, number one, you focus on God and his attributes, and it takes the focus off of you. It's not about you. And we like to think it is. We are all, all self-preserving, trying to hang on and, 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 and keep alive. But it's not about you. It's about God. And when you focus on him, uh, you will see great things just like Jehoshaphat and his people. Number two, when you worship, it brings us to a place of humility. You know, God sits on a throne. And when you approach the throne, you have to abandon your pride, your arrogance, your intellect, your intelligence, and you've got to come to a place of humility. And worship, what worship does is it shows us really how small we are and how big God is. Um, pride gets checked at the door. Arrogance gets checked at the door. And we humbly come and we bow before him and say, God, I'm in trouble. God, I need some help. God, I don't know what to do. But Lord, I humbly come before you. And when you do, uh, God usually comes through in a great way. You know, the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So if I were you, I would just humble myself and say, God, I don't know what to do. God, I've never done this before. Lord, I don't know where we're going to go. I don't know what's going to happen, but I humbly come before you and I ask you to help me. When you do that, great things usually happen. Go to Psalm 95. You're in Psalm 37. Just go to Psalm 95 just for a minute. And... Um, Look at verse uh, 2 and 3. Come, let us sing with joy to the Lord. The Lord is, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with songs and music. For the Lord is the great God. He is the great king above all gods. And when you have that attitude, you bow in worship. You bow in humility. God has a way of changing your circumstances. When you take your eyes off yourself and you humble yourself, uh, God is glorified and your circumstances begin to change. Uh, number three, when you worship with a mouthful, uh, worship causes the enemy to flee. Now, we all have enemies. And when you begin to worship, when you begin to sing, when you begin to praise, the Bible says that God will make his enemies and make your enemies flee. Look at Psalm 18. Psalm 18, real quick. Verse 3, I will call the Lord who is worthy of praise and I will be saved from my enemies. 
You see, when you sing, when you worship, and Jehoshaphat, as they did that, and they started to sing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. The enemies started to attack themselves and they started to flee because they can't stand the presence of the Lord. And so when you and I worship, your enemies will flee. Number four, very quickly, uh, when you worship with a mouthful, uh, your worship will remove complaining and negativity. Think about that for a moment. The Bible says in James, it's impossible with, with your mouth to, 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 to bless and to curse. And when you are worshiping, you are removing complaining and negativity that we all have. It's easy to complain. It's easy to come up with uh, a negative attitude. It's easy to, to, to have a poor choice of words come out of our mouth. But when you and I live a life of worship, your worship removes your negativity and now it's filled and it's changed with praise and honor and glory to God. Go to Hebrews uh, chapter 13. Hebrews is in the, in the New, Te New, New Testament. Hebrews chapter, chapter 13. And look at verse, look at verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that confess his name. You see, God wants you to have a, have a life and a heart that's filled with thanksgiving and gratitude and appreciation. And you can't worship and complain at the same time. So when you worship with a mouthful, you're removing negativity and complaining and you're filling it with praise honor and glory to god can i get an amen uh, number five worship invites the presence of god into our lives see when you make the choice that you're going to begin to worship what you're saying is god i invite you in god uh king of glory would you please come and help me would you please come in this situation god i'm fearful i'm scared i'm anxious i'm mad I'm angry. Whatever your emotions are, when you begin to live a life of worship, you are inviting the beautiful presence of the Lord in your situation. Now think about it. If you're going through a tough time, if you're going through a stressful moment, if you're having trouble in your business or in your marriage or in your finances, don't you think that inviting God is probably one of the smartest things that you can do. Yeah. You, you've tried to figure it out. You've tried to do it. You've tried to do all you know to do. But worship is a beautiful way of inviting Jesus into the situation. When you begin to sing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. You're inviting the king of glory to come in and to help you. So I would just simply say this. Be like Jehoshaphat. Make the choice just to begin to sing. Invite God, invite his presence, invite his glory. And when the king of glory comes in, he brings in victory. He brings in peace. He brings with him courage. He brings with him riches. Whatever you need, when he comes, he brings it with him. But he has to be invited. He's not going to force. He's not going to going to push the door down and knock it down and come in. He has to be invited. He's a gentleman and he's waiting for you to invite him. So would you please invite him today? And you do that 
through worship. Invite the King of glory to come into your life and your situation. Number, number six, I love this one. Worship lifts our spirits. See, our spirits need to be lifted. And when you begin to worship, you lift your spirit. You feel better. There's just something good about getting in the presence of the Lord. Many people after church, when I'm greeting them at the, at the end of the service, you know, it's not about my sermon. It's not about my preaching. It's not about me. It's about the presence of the Lord. And people just feel good. When you dedicate an hour out of your life, and you come to church, and you worship, and you focus on God, and you remove complaining and negativity, and you replace it with praise and honor, it just feels good, and it lifts your spirits. Doctors and, and physicians uh, and, and clinics have, have proven that meditation and prayer and worship changes a person's emotional status. Well, that's because God is the giver of peace and joy and comfort. And when you begin to worship and sing, it lifts your spirit. So sing today and worship today and be like Jehoshaphat. And then number seven, I love this one. When you begin to worship, your worship paves the way for the impossible. We talked about this last week. Paul and Silas were, were, in, were in prison in Acts chapter 16. And the Bible says at midnight, they just made the choice. You know, uh, in your darkest moment, you're going to make a choice. You're either going to run to God or run from God. And, and they made a wonderful choice. They said, we're going to begin to worship. We're going to begin to sing. We're going to, at midnight, in the darkest moment, they started to sing. And as they started to worship, the impossible took place. The chains that were on them were broken. The chains that were on other prisoners we're broken. Can I remind you that when you as a father, when you as a mother, when you as a grandmother, when you as a leader worship, that other people are impacted by your worship. And the Bible says in Acts 16 that everyone in the jail, suddenly their chains were broken and they were free. See, that's what happens when you worship with a mouthful. I want to encourage you this week. You're going to be tempted to complain. You're going to be tempted to run. You're going to be tempted to isolate. You're going to be tempted to, 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 to focus on your problem. Do like Jehoshaphat and simply sing this praise song. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. It's a simple phrase. It's a simple song, but it's a powerful worship. And when you worship with a mouthful, your enemies will flee. Your spirits will be lifted and you will create the atmosphere for the impossible to take place. And God wants that to happen for you. But it starts with you. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a decision. And I would pray that you, like Jehoshaphat, would make that choice. We're going to sing, we're going to worship, and we're going to see what God does. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for the gift of worship. Thank you for Robert Grant and the song, Oh, Worship the King. Thank you for this gift that he gave to us to remind us that our focus needs to be on Jesus and Jesus alone. I pray for your people today. I pray, God, that as they... Uh, continue today and all throughout next week. I pray that they will have their minds set on you and they will worship like Jehoshaphat and they will sing that beautiful song, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Thank you for the power of worship. We invite you into our lives, into our hearts in Jesus name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Uh, God bless you. As many of you know, we are continuing our online worship. We are back in person. 
uh, every Sunday morning at 1030 at here at Pine Castle. We are also going to continue to do the online services as well. So uh, you have options, you have choices, and we just pray that you'll continue to worship with us. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.